0: A Horse and His Boy by C.S. Lewis Chapter 7 Erevis and Tashbane What had really happened was this. When Erevis saw Shasta hurried away by the Narnians and found herself alone with two horses who, very wisely, wouldn't say a word, she never lost her head, even for a moment. She grabbed Bree's halter and stood still, holding both the horses. And though her heart was beating as hard as a hammer, she did nothing to show it. As soon as the Narnian lords had passed, she tried to move on again, but before she could take a step, another crier, All, the, all these people, thought Erebus, mm-hmm. was heard shouting out, Way, 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 way for the taquina Lazareline!" And immediately, following the crier, came four armed slaves, and then four bearers carrying a litter, which was all a flutter with silken curtains and all a jingle with silver bells. And which scented the whole street with perfumes and flowers after the litter female slaves in beautiful clothes and a few grooms runners pages and the like and now Erebus made her first mistake she knew Lazaraline quite well almost as if they had been at school together because they had often stayed in the same houses and been to the same parties and Erebus couldn't help looking up to see what lazaraline looked like now that she was married and a very great person indeed it was fatal. The eyes of the two girls met, and immediately Lazareline sat up in the litter and burst out at the top of her voice. Aravas, what on earth are you doing here? Your father? There was not a moment to lose. Without a second's delay, Erebus let go the horses, caught the edge of the litter, swung herself up beside Lazareline, and whispered furiously in her ear. Mm. Shut up. Do you hear? Shut up. You must hide me tell your people. But darling, began Lazarine in the same loud voice. She didn't in the least mind making people stare. In fact, she rather liked it. Do what I tell you or I'll never speak to you again, hissed Erebus. Please, please be quiet, lass. It's frightfully important. Tell your people to bring those two horses along. Pull all the cartons of the litter and get away somewhere where I can't be found. And do hurry... "'All right, darling,' said Lazaraline in her lazy voice. "'Here, two of you take the Takina's horses.' "'This was to the slaves.' "'And now home.' "'I say, darling, do you think we really want the curtains drawn on a day like this? "'I mean to say.' "'But Erebus had already drawn the curtains, "'enclosing Lazaraline and herself in a rich and scented, but rather stuffy kind of tent. "'I mustn't be seen,' she said. My father doesn't know I'm here. I'm running away. My dear, how perfectly thrilling, said Lazareline. I'm dying to hear all about it. Darling, you're sitting on my dress. Do you mind? That's better. It is a new one. Do you like it? I got it at... Oh, lass, do be serious, said Erebus. Where is my father? Didn't you know? said Lazareline. He's here, of course. He came to town yesterday and is asking about you everywhere. And to think of you and me being here together and he not knowing anything about it. It's the funniest thing I ever heard. And she went off into giggles. She always had been a terrible giggler, as Erebus now remembered. It isn't funny at all, she said. It's dreadfully serious. Where can you hide me? No difficulty at all, my dear girl, said Lazarille. I'll take you home husband's away and no one will see you phew that's not much fun with the curtains drawn i want to see people there's no point in having a new dress isn't one's to go about shut up like this i hope no one heard you when you shouted out to me like that said eravis no 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 of course darling said lazar absent-mindedly but you haven't even told me yet what you think of the dress another thing said eravis You must tell your people to treat those two horses very respectfully. That's part of the secret. They're really talking horses from Narnia. Fancy, said Lazaruline. How exciting! And oh, oh, darling, have you seen the barbarian queen from Narnia? She's staying in at present. They say Prince Rabadash is madly in love with her. There have been the most wonderful parties and hunts and things all this last fortnight. I can't see that she's so very pretty myself, but... Some of the Narnian men are lovely. I was taken out on a river party the day before yesterday, and I was wearing my... How shall we prevent your people from telling everyone that you've got a visitor, dressed like a beggar's brat, in your house? It might so easily get round to my father. Now don't keep fussing, there's a dear, said Lazaruline. We'll get you some proper clothes in a moment. And here we are bears had stopped and the litter was being lowered. When the curtains had been drawn, Erebus found that she was in a courtyard garden, very like the one that Shasta had been taken into a few minutes earlier in another part of the city. Lazareline would have gone indoors at once, but Erebus reminded her in a frantic whisper to say something to the slaves about not telling anyone of their mistress's strange visitor. Yes, darling, it had gone right out of my head, said Lazareline. Here, all of you. And you, doorkeeper, no one is to be let out of the house today and no one I catch talking about this young lady will be Here, all of you and you, doorkeeper, no one is to be let out of the house today and anyone I catch talking about this young lady will be the first to be beaten to death and then buried alive and after that will be kept on bread and water for six weeks. There. Although Lazareline had said she was dying to hear Erebus's story, she showed no sign of really wanting to hear it at all. She was, in fact, much better at talking than at listening. She insisted on Erebus having a long and luxurious bath, calamine baths are famous, and then dressing her up in the finest clothes before she would let her explain anything. The fuss she made about choosing the dresses nearly drove Erebus mad. She remembered now that Lazareline had always been like that, Interested in clothes and parties and gossip. Erevis had always been more interested in bows and arrows and horses and dogs and swimming. You will guess that each thought the other silly. And when at last they were both seated after a meal, it was chiefly of the whipped cream and jelly and fruit and ice sort. In a beautifully pillared room, which Erevis would have liked better if Lazareline's spoiled pet monkey hadn't been climbing about it all the time, Lazareline at last asked her why she was running away from home. When Erebus had finished telling her story, Lazareline said, But darling, why don't you marry Ahashtar Tarkane? Everyone's crazy about him. My husband says he is beginning to be one of the greatest men in Calamene. He has just been made Grand Vizier now. Old Axarfa has died. Didn't you know? I don't care can't stand the sight of him said Erebus but darling only think three palaces and one of them that beautiful one down on the lake at ilkeen positively ropes of pearls I'm told baths of ass milk and you'd see such a lot of me he can keep his pearls and palaces as far as I'm concerned said Erebus you always were a queer girl Erebus said Lazaraline. what more do you want in the end, however, Erebus managed to make her friend believe that she was in earnest and even to discuss plans. There would be no difficulty now about getting the two horses out of the north gate and then onto the tombs. No one would stop or question a groom in fine clothes leading a war horse and a lady's saddled horse down to the river. And Lazareline had plenty of grooms to send. It wasn't so easy to decide what to do about Erebus herself. She suggested that she could be carried out in the litter with the curtains drawn, but Lazareline told her that litters were only used in the city and the sight of one going out through the gate would be certain to lead to questions. When they had talked for a long time, and it was all the longer because Erebus found it hard to keep her friend to the point, at last Lazareline clapped her hands and said, Oh, I have an idea. There is one way of getting out to the city without using the gates. The Tisrox Garden... he live forever runs right down to the water and there is a little water door only for the palace people of course and then you know dear here she tittered a little we almost are palace people I say it is lucky for you that you came to me the dear Tisrock, may he live forever is so kind we are asked to the palace almost every day and it is like a second home I love all the dear princes and princesses, and I positively adore Prince Brabadash. I might run in and see any of the palace pr- ladies at any hour of the day or night. Why shouldn't I slip in with you after dark and let you out by the water door? There are always a few punts and things tied up outside it, and even if we were caught, all would be lost, said Erebus. Oh, darling, don't get so excited said Lazareline. I was going to say, even if we were caught, everyone would only say it was one of my mad jokes. I'm getting quite well known for them. Only the other day. Do listen, dear, this is frightfully funny. I meant all would be lost for me, said Erebus a little sharply. Oh, ah, yes, I do see what you mean, darling. Well, can you think of any better plan? Erebus couldn't and answered. No, we'll have to risk it. When can we start? Oh, not tonight, said Lazareline. Of course, not tonight. There's a great feast on tonight. I must start getting my hair done for it in a few minutes. And the whole palace will be a blaze of lights. And such a crowd too. It would have to be tomorrow night. This was bad news for Erebus, but she had to make the best of it. The afternoon passed very slowly, and it was a relief when Lazareline went out to the banquet. Erebus was very tired of her giggling and her talk about dresses and parties, weddings and engagements and scandals. She went to bed early, and that part she did enjoy. It was so nice to have pillows and sheets again. But the next day passed very slowly. Lazareline wanted to go back on the whole arrangement and kept on telling Erebus that Narnia was a country of perpetual snow and ice inhabited by demons and sorcerers, and she was mad to think of going there. "'It was a peasant boy, too,' said Lazareline. "Darling, think of it. It's not nice,' Erebus had thought of it a good deal. But she was so tired of Lazareline's silliness by now that for the first time she began to think that traveling with Shasta— was really rather more fun than fashionable life in Tashbane. So she only replied, You forget that I'll be nobody just like him when we get to Narnia. And anyway, I promised. And to think, said Lazaruline, almost crying, that if only you had since, you could be the wife of a grand vizier. Erebus went away to have a private word with the horses. You must go with a groom a little before sunset down to the tombs, she said. No more of those packs. You'll be saddled and bridled again, but there'll have to be food in Quinn's saddlebags and a full water-skin behind yours, Bree. The man has orders to let you both have a good long drink at the far side of the bridge. And then Narnia and the North whispered Bree, but what if Shasta is not at the tombs? Wait for him, of course, said Erebus. I hope you've been quite comfortable. Never better stable in my life, said Bree. But if the husband of that tittering Tarquina friend of yours is paying his head groom to get the best oats, then I think the head groom is cheating him. Erevis and Lazareline had supper in the pillared room. About two hours later, they were ready to start. Erevis was dressed to look like a superior slave girl in a great house and wore a veil over her face. They had agreed that if any questions were asked, Lazareline would pretend that Erebus was a slave she was taking as a present to one of the princesses the two girls went out on foot. A very few minutes brought them to the palace gates. Here, there were of course soldiers on guard, but the officer knew Lazareline quite well and called his men to attention and saluted. They passed at once into the Hall of Black Marble. A fair number of courtiers, slaves and others were still moving about here, but this only made the two girls less conspicuous. They passed on into the Hall of Pillars and then into the Hall of Statues and down the colonnade, passing the great beaten copper doors of the throne room. It was all magnificent beyond description, what they could see of it in the dim light of the lamps. Presently they came out into the garden court, which sloped downhill in a number of terraces. On the far side of that they came to the old palace. It had already grown almost quite dark, and they now found themselves in a maze of corridors lit only by occasional torches, fixed in brackets on the walls. Lazareline halted at a place where you had to go either left or right. Go on, do go on, whispered Erebus, whose heart was beating terribly and who still felt that her father might run into them at any corner. I'm just wondering, said Lazareline, I'm not absolutely sure which way we go from here. I think it's the left? Yes, I'm almost sure it's the left. What fun this is! They took the left-hand way and found themselves in a passage that was hardly lighted at all, and which soon began going downstairs. "'It's all right,' said Lazareline. "'I'm sure we're right now.' "'I remember these steps.' But at that moment, a moving light appeared ahead. A second later, there appeared from round a distant corner the dark shapes of two men walking backward and carrying tall candles. And of course, it is only before royalties that people walk backwards. Erebus felt Lazareline grip her arm. That sort of sudden grip, which is almost a pinch, and which means that the person who is gripping you is very frightened indeed. Erebus thought it odd that Lazareline should be so afraid of the Tisrock if he were really such a friend of hers. But there was no time to go on thinking. Lazareline was hurrying her back to the top of the steps, on tiptoes and groping wildly along the wall. "'Here's a door,' she whispered. "'Quick!' They went in, drew the door softly behind them, and found themselves in pitch darkness. Erebus could hear by Lazareline's breathing that she was terrified. serve us whispered Lazareline. "'What shall we do if he comes in here? Can we hide?' There was a soft carpet under their feet. They groped forward into the room and blundered onto a sofa. "'Let's lie down behind it,' whimpered Lazareline. Oh, I do wish we hadn't come. There was just room between the sofa and the curtained wall, and the two girls got down. Lazareline managed to get the better position and was completely covered. The upper part of Erephus's face stuck out behind the sofa, so that if anyone came into that room with a light and happened to look in exactly the right place, they would see her. But of course, because she was wearing a veil, what they saw would not at once look like a forehead and a pair of eyes. Erebus shoved desperately to try and make Lazaruline give her a little more room. But Lazaruline, now quite selfish in her panic, fought back and pinched her feet. They gave it up and lay still, panting a little. Their breath seemed dreadfully noisy, but there was no other noise. "'Is it safe?' said Erebus at last in the tiniest possible whisper. "'I... I think so,' began Lazaruline. "'But my poor nerves the most terrible noise they could have heard at that moment the noise of the door opening and then came light and because Erebus couldn't get her head any further in behind the sofa she saw everything first came the two slaves deaf and dumb as Erebus rightfully guessed and therefore used at the most secret councils walking backwards and carrying the candles they took up their stand one at each end of the sofa This was a good thing, for, of course, it was now harder for anyone to see Erebus once a slave was in front of her, and she was looking between his heels. Then came an old man, very fat, wearing a curious pointed cap, by which she immediately knew that he was the Tisrock. The least of the jewels with which he was covered was worth more than all the clothes and weapons of the Narnian lords put together but he was so fat and such a mass of frills and pleats and baubles and buttons and tassels and talismans that Erebus couldn't th- help thinking the Narnian fashions, at any rate for men, looked nicer. After him came a tall young man with a feathered and jeweled turban on his head and an ivory sheathed scimitar at his side. He seemed very excited and his eyes and teeth flashed fiercely in the candlelight. Last of all came a little hump-backed, wizened old man in whom she recognized with a shudder the new grand vizier and her own betrothed husband Ahashta Tarkane himself. As soon as all three had entered the room and the door was shut the Tisrock seated himself on the divan with a sigh of contentment. The young man took his place standing before him and the grand vizier got down on his knees and elbows and laid his face flat on the carpet.